long time. I know, it's been a while. Yeah. Nice, and how are things going for you? I know we've been using Brisk and liking it, but how's the, uh, how's the rest of everything going? Good, good, good. That's why I was like, hmm, let's talk to some of the smartest customers we have and ask them a couple of questions about this. So that's really what I want to talk to you about. So, like, how does your opportunity process look high level? Yeah, so like you said, so once like an ADR kind of hands it over to an AE, at a very high level, I've noticed even months ago, we were just running so fast and hiring so fast. And now as like the dust has settled a little bit, we're thinking way more about process so we can onboard people faster, so we can get a little bit more predictable, so we know like where to spend and where to find efficiencies. So the whole concept of efficient the whole concept of a process just comes up more as like the team is getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And for right now is I think what's hard in the world of an AE is that every customer, so this this is just my opinion, is like when I manage AEs, is you want the AE themselves to feel unique. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to feel like a massive machine. Nope. Nope. And also, like, all the AEs are a little bit different. Is that we know there's we know there's a customer adoption process. Like we know like people at Intercom, which I think is a little bit unique, and that we have four or five different buyers that come from varying like go to market strategies, that come from varying company sizes. Um, and so it's like we call it choose your own adventure because there's just so many different ways like a conversation could go and a sale could go. So we are trying to streamline it a little bit. So at least you can start to, you know, so I, we don't really think in terms of Bant or Medic or any of that crap. Is that we're just trying to really make sure we're getting the customer through their adoption. And we've found a lot of similarities based on the type of company they work for, the size of the company they work for, their role within the company. And so that's how we are trying to really better prosthetize our AEs because that's where we see the biggest need is. Because whereas, like, the medic and the bant, it's really just used during the discovery call. Yeah, yeah. We have our own way. Like, we have... I've been through so many trainings. My managers have been through so many trainings. We kind of took all the best from the trainings we've been through and put it together into our own way of talking through deals. Mm -hmm. But they're all pretty much the same. And I really don't look at that as a process, but I really look at that as more of a discovery call. And that's just pieces of information you should be collecting. But then how you actually execute a sale, you know, really depends on like how they adopt it. We have like, we have hundred percent inbound. And one of the headaches we have sometimes is that we can get, like, of course, when you get inbound, you get unqualified too. So we've really been almost longing for the greener grass of outbound. But like, what are your thoughts about that? So my thought about outbound is it all depends on your, like your selling price because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And like if you're selling bigger deals, then go for it. Because if you have a very well-defined market and you're a very well-defined buyer and you're doing big deals exactly, it's like you should just be going out and talking to all the people who should be using the product. And I think it's fine in that sense. But I think what most people don't realize is just how expensive it is. Mm. As in my opinion, if you could identify all the companies that could use it, 
why not retarget like the crap out of them with marketing? Mm-hmm. And like just start taking that that angle. Because as you build an outbound team is you're gonna have to have a manager of that team. It's like it's really hard to hire people for that. And then anybody who's really good at it wants to be promoted. Mm-hmm. And like it takes you a while to make them productive too. Because like not only do they need to learn the product, but it's just like building a pipeline as well. Yeah. And it just becomes a huge expense. And that's always been my opinion in this day and age, is like I could just retarget everybody with the Home Depot domain name right. and just spend like crazy that I'm on like every single website they go to. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm doing email campaigns to like all of them. And that hopefully, I mean, this is kind of where Intercom comes in too, because like hopefully they come to my website and then you have the Intercom live chat on the website. Because mm-hmm. I do think, I do think the world of like cold calling and that you got to talk on the phone is just so like broken, but I do make it a push for my own company, but I do think it's such a better way to interact. It's, it's basically like going into a retail store is that, Hey, you have like the intercom on your website. And so you come, so now I'm actually on brisk and I might have some questions and it can start a chat. And then I could say like, Hey, do you want to jump on the phone? Happy to like talk you through more of this. Then you're just more comfortable with it. Whereas the whole outbounding of me just going after you is like, you know, first off, I just feel intruded upon. I'm like, ah, stop bothering me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not as interested as talking to you. But I'll tell you, like, everybody who emails me, like, if it's kind of interesting, I'll go to their website. And if it was just like very low, you know, low friction, not that intrusive, which is what Intercom's all about. And I could just kind of chat somebody, and it was a pleasant experience. Like that, you know, that's ultimately what we're pushing. That's like our whole business. Uh, your customers are in different types of forms, and process that you use are really qualification methodologies and data gathering methodologies about them, so that you can later do the right decisions. And generally, it sounds like what you're saying is that once they're qualified. It's all about getting them to use your product because then you will sign them. That's correct. Interesting. That's very much where we're trying to go. One interesting thing that you said, like I just realized, would you say that, okay, so interesting, like you do you have different journeys depending on the buyer? Is it the use case or is it the buyer? Or is it that those are actually the same? <sighs> it, it's, so for us, it's kind of multifaceted because if I were to take Brisk, for example, and I'm, I'm talking to you, it's, you know, we talked to a lot of founders mm-hmm. who come from smaller companies and that the way you're going to want to use it is different than if, you know, somebody from the marketing team just reached out to us. Absolutely. Same company, but you're, you're going to have different requirements. Yeah. And so it is really a function of like the person you're talking to, the size of their company, and then what we call their go-to-market strategy. What is this last part? Yeah, it's like if you're, you know, if you're, if if your go to market is SaaS. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's and like, yeah, and you tend to do, you know, what we call like freemium or self service, mm-hmm. you know, versus like a Zendesk, where if you go to them, Zendesk is SaaS, it's but they're going to try and trial. push everything. Yeah, they're going to try and push everything through a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Now you have an AI, AE looks at an opportunity. How do they know what to do next? I do think that's something we struggle with a little bit is we spend a lot of time training and like the managers always pushing towards the next steps. And 
we have a typical way people adopt intercom is that we'll do we'll do a discovery call maybe run you through a demo and then we're just pushing you to sign up for the product mm-hmm. we're just pushing you to get you get the javascript in there like get some like just just start using it and then once we get you like using it, then it comes all about okay. Now we got to make sure they're adopting it. Are they sending messages? Are they adding people? Where are they falling short? So for us, it just becomes all about like the adoption. And then finally, if we get you using it, then we come in with like okay, let's finalize your pricing. But none of that is none of that is very well defined. It's just sort of like tribal knowledge or passed on through managers and everything about all these steps you should take. The tribal knowledge part, like how does that, how is that actually passed down? Like, is it like on one-on-one meetings or? Yeah, it's one-on-one. It's just a lot of AEs sitting next to each other and they tell each other what to do and you look at your manager and they tell you what to do. I'm not saying it's ideal, but it is, it is how it works. What are like, if you say like, these are, this is a deal that you're going to close. Is that, based on, you know, qualification criteria or is there something that just makes you feel that this is this 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 we should spend more time on? Yeah. I mean for us there's product adoption. I mean I think that's kind of why like sales managers exist. Because mm-hmm. it is the job of a sales manager to hear out like to use our discovery our discovery criteria should surface a lot of the winning variables that we typically look for. And if a AE has captured those correctly, then I think you know a lot of sales comes down to politics. It's like, mm. sure, they could be adopting the product, and you could have collected all the right discovery criteria, but the person you're talking to has no pull. No. Or like the person you're talking to, we just found out is going to be quitting in a month. Yep. Or like you know, so that's like you know, no machine learning is going to pick that out. No, exactly. So I think that's really where the job of the manager comes in. Is their job is to be working with the AEs to make sure they're prioritizing correctly, because then there is like potential deal size. Like we got to make sure we're really dialed in with this. And I think it is a mixture of like discovery. What are you hearing from the potential customer, and then product? How are they actually using the product? And then, you know, putting a little human evaluation on it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Have you experienced issues with kind of like what we see sometimes is that we see like financial buyers, user buyers, and technical buyers? And so in my sales experience, yes. Because that just becomes so key is understanding the profiles of your buyers and who you're talking to. You know, I totally believe too is like that's what sales is really all about is managing personalities and politics. Mm. And how to connect the dots. Do you have a structured way of creating ambassadors? Yeah, we're working. That's actually something. We've had a very good fortune of just like tons of inbound interest. Yeah. And we've just been exclusively focused on landing. Just figure out how you can get in you know, as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. How do you create any urgency in the sales process? I think that's just like the biggest challenge in any sales team's life. Yeah. Is creating urgency. The only way to do it is you either playing with pricing. Hey, like I'll give you a deal if you sign up before the end of the month or your trial is expiring. Exactly. But otherwise it's really just dependent. It's just dependent on your product. And and then that's why it's important for a salesperson to establish a good rapport and relationship. Because a lot of times you can just create urgency because there's just a relationship there and you'd be like, Hey, listen, 
can you do this for me now? Mm. It's the biggest challenge in any sale. Everybody here at Intercom is trained on, like, make it personal, make it casual. Like, don't just try and, like, beg for a call. But you establish a little asynchronous messaging relationship. We even put, like, emojis and stickers mm-hmm. there. And you're like, oh, this is great. And then we say, like, hey, why don't I put you in touch with one of our account executives? They'd be happy to run you through a demo, answer your questions. And then people go, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Mm. It's kind of like all these like mobile dating sites. Yeah, it is. You, know, you can just do a quick message. You don't have to, like, jump on the phone first and start no. talking to somebody like you've never talked to. No. So one last question about process and stuff. What are the biggest process problems for your team? I would say number one is onboarding. Is that because it's not it's not very well documented or illustrated. So when we bring new people into our world, it is it has to be passed along through sitting next to and like tribal knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's like the number one thing we're focusing on right now is just documenting and onboarding. And then also, you know, I would say the second thing is that kind of that choose your own adventure is we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Is you know what. Should you be talking to everybody the same? What are all the nuances? People that have been here longer just know to vary their pitch. And then it's even harder for us, too, to like go over to marketing or anybody and say, hey, we need more help here. Um, so it's, it's, it is kind of navigating the deal. And I would say the last part, too, is that it's just forward-looking is that if we had it better understood, I think it would just make us better at measuring and then finding how to impact change. Yeah, exactly. So that you would know that when we have this process, it actually converts a lot faster. Right. So do you have any any book or person that you would recommend me to check out for sales processes? Yeah, I do find with sales, like the best way is you just have to live it. By the time something makes it to a book, it's old. Yeah, and selling. You know, I think selling is selling is just one of those things. Like you just have to learn over time. It's like one of those professions that, like, there's a certain time restriction. There's a certain time, like minimum, in it because you just have to see it. You just have to experience. You just have to learn it. It's actually the profession, the craft of sales. Training that almost feels like the trying to teach your teenager how to fall in love. It feels like just be genuine. It feels like, you're like yeah. yeah, this is a really bullshitty text. And like, you know, find your best self. And like, what is this? I'm not in the self help section. I hope. Yeah, you know what's funny is I actually <laughs> the other day somebody asked me the question. I used the exact same analogy. I'm like, did you ever read a book on dating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot for your time, Russ. <laughs> you bet. Nice chat with you. You too. Bye.